welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, my friends. Thank you so much. We have broke the 200 episode mark. Hallelujah. And I'm so honored and privileged to be able to do this with you every week. I don't know how many years we've been doing this. What is this is our fourth or fifth year, maybe the fifth year, I think four or five years that we've been doing this and it's been fun. And we look forward to what the future holds. Hallelujah. We are uh, right in the middle of what we called the studio project. We've got a building on our facility that we believe we can put three studios in. So we're going to be doing that. And uh, I think we're going to start, uh, let's see, this is what, 2024. This is February 2024. We should start that process this fall. And if you're watching me now, you can see the graphic of our studio set there. You'll see three studio sets. Uh, one of them is um, a podcast studio similar to this one. I think I'm going to change it up a little bit. There's some things we could do. We had a little more room and that other facility will give us that space there. And then on the top there is what I call like an interview style. It's got a, chair, a couch and a chair. We can sit down. We can have guests. Uh, we can talk about you know what God is doing. I'm really excited about that. It'll be a little more casual feel, I guess. I don't know. But uh, we'll have guests in studio. It'll be a great time. And then the last set, you can see it there on the bottom right. That's what I'm calling Equippers Academy and Equippers University. And basically, it would be like an online Bible training, something like a Bible school, but where we you can get in there and uh, it'll be, you know, um, Bible lessons in sequential order, you know, like session one, session two, session three on a particular topic, and you'll be able to grow in him. Hallelujah, friends. So I'm excited about that. If you want to be a part of that, uh, just prayerfully consider uh, if you want to sow financially and help us do that. All gifts are tax deductible. Anything that you, you give, you'll get a tax receipt for. Uh, but you can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. And in the drop down menu, you can see the studio project. Thank you so much for being a part of that. Now let's get back into our episode today. We were talking <clears throat> uh, about being renewed in the mind. And we said, according to Romans 12, verse two, that it the mind plays a very catalytic role. Um, and here's why. Because the mind, or let me say it like this, the soul, okay? You are a tripart being. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. Now, Peter, in the New Testament, he called that physical body, the part that you and I see with our natural eyes, he called that a tent. It's just temporary housing. Uh, it's like a temple, but there's a spiritual condition associated with it called mortality, which means unto death and unto decay or of decay. Now, the Bible says one day we're going to put off this tent and we're going to put on a building. Okay, this is this is a tent. and The Bible talks about this building. Okay, so it's one thing to live out in the tent. It'd be another thing to have a full-on home. But the Bible says that this body right now is more like a tent but the one that God has for us at the resurrection, when we're changed in the twinkling of an eye, that we will be clothed with this building or a new body 
that is immortal. That's a spiritual condition. At that point, you won't ever be sick. You won't ever die. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, you won't die spiritually now, but you'll have a body that won't experience this decaying. Okay, so we said all that to say that we're a tripart being. Okay. Now, right now, okay, right now, until that resurrection or the transfiguration of our bodies, and, and right now, you have this body of flesh that you have to deal with. Now, the soul is the part of you that is connecting the spiritual part of you with the fleshly part of you. Your soul has access to both the natural realm and the spiritual realm. Your flesh is intimately connected to the natural realm. It's kind of bound to it, actually, because of its mortality. It's a spiritual condition. Uh, you're not taking this body into the heavenly realms because it's uh, it's mortal. But um, so 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 this this physical body and its senses only 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 respond to natural things, and we're cautioned about that. In fact, let me show you a verse here. We'll go to Romans chapter 7. Uh, if you were listening to us last week, we didn't quite get to Romans 7, uh, but we spent some time talking about agreement, the power of agreement, and why the battlefield is the mind. Now, again, the devil, like we said last week, he doesn't have access to you unless you agree. And uh, he's wanting access to you. I mean, that's the, you, you talk about a battle. He's throwing ideas thoughts and suggestions, arguments, reasonings, and theories at you all the time. Why? Because he's hoping you're going to agree with it. You're going to take the bait. You're going to agree with it. You're going to think what he says is truth. You're going to put your confidence with that. And then what happens is you open yourself up to it. Well, the, the same happens on the other side. Out of your spirit comes the revelation of the word, what God is saying, what God desires, what God wants. Well, that comes up to your mind because your mind was designed to agree and it's got to give the command to obey. With that work associated with that, your faith is alive. Faith without works is dead. Same thing on the other side. Devil gives you an idea. You don't act on it. It'll die. You act on it. You agree. You agree. You allow. You allow. He's got you. Now you have to, uh, in effect, you've got to change the way you think about that situation to shut the door to the devil from having access to you. So this is part of getting into that transformation by renewing the mind. Now, let me show you something in Romans 7. Paul called this the law of the mind. This is where the battle takes, takes place because you, even though you're a tripart being, you're totally responsible for deeds done in that body. And he said, don't submit your members, your physical members, uh, to be slaves of sin, but rather be uh, a slave to righteousness. So out of your born-again spirit, you'll see this here in Romans 7, out of your born-again spirit, you delight to do what's right. Okay, You're getting into that word, and that word is speaking to you. You're, you're, get, you're sowing that word to your heart, and out of your heart, out of your belly flows what? Knowledge, wisdom, direction, correction, uh, protection, provision. It all comes he, healing. It all comes out. It comes out of the spirit realm. It comes out of your spirit. But the knowledge of all this stuff lights upon your mind. Why does it do that? Because your mind is what gives the command for the action. So you are a tripart being. It has to work together in sequence. Paul 
if you've ever read this passage, it's, 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 it's phenomenal insight of how this process works. Notice what he says here. We'll start in verse 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. <laughs> For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. What is that? That's verse 15. If then, verse 16, I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. Wow. Action is agreement, friends. Words is agreement. Action is agreement. Words are agreement. Action is agreement. We talked about that in the last podcast. Verse 17, but now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Well, you're still responsible for deeds done in your body. Now, you may do something stupid, and in hindsight, you go, why in the world did I do that? Again, you're a tripart being. All three of you, all three of you. (laughs) That's funny. Hallelujah. You are one being, okay? But there's there's uh, but there's three elements to you, okay? Your spirit, your soul, and your body. If you do something stupid in the body, you're gonna get in trouble for it. And uh, while in hindsight, you may go, "What in the world?" Like you, you you can you'll you'll understand what Paul is saying here as we read it on. But you may in hindsight go, "Why in the world did I do that? I knew better than to do that." Well, it's not like like you're a schizophrenic. Okay, there's not three different people on the inside of you. You're one person. You have three. There's three parts to your being. But out of your spirit is where the life of God is. And you're born again. If let me say that, sorry. If you're born again, then the law of God is alive because he he wrote it on the tablets of your heart. And if but your flesh is not alive unto God, and it has desires and temptations. And if you if you uh, your flesh will say say to your mind. Let me go do this. Your flesh can't do it by itself. It's got to have agreement. The command and control center has to give the authority to go over there and, and act the thing out. And then if, if you agree with the desire of your flesh and you go do that thing and you realize how stupid that was and you're pondering and in hindsight you go, man, why did I do that? I knew better. Well, yeah, you did because the law of God on the inside of you was saying don't do that but you didn't agree with that. You, you disregarded that. Therefore, you didn't allow for the strength that comes with honoring his word to, to bring your body into subjection. All right, verse 17. It's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. You're still responsible for it, though. Verse 18. For I know that in me, watch this, that is in my flesh. Okay, this is the tent part of you. This is the physical body of flesh that's bound in a condition called mortality. He says, for I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. There, there, where? In the flesh, nothing good dwells. And you're not going to change that, friends. The Bible says there's only one thing to do with that flesh. That's to subdue it, dominate it, and crucify it daily. There's nothing good in the flesh. Now, don't beat yourself up. Don't cut yourself Don't whip yourself. Don't punch yourself. Don't throw yourself down a flight of stairs and break your bones. Listen, that is stupid. There are people, there are religious groups that cut themselves. They beat themselves. They're hurting themselves. That's dumb. He's not talking about the actual, um, he's talking about there's something that is embedded in the flesh reality of you. Uh, One translation says the 
the passions uh, and the and the the lustful desires that that's I think that's what that's the uh, amplified that that's the flesh part of you. Now that's connected in the tent, but don't go around cutting yourself and bleeding all all over the place or punching yourself and giving yourself a black eye. That's not how you subdue it or crucify it. But you say to its desires or to its suggestions to want to indulge in its own lusts because, remember, that's the part of you that is intimately connected to this natural world and its senses, what it sees, what it hears, what it smells, what it can taste. It craves that. That's part of the spiritual condition. It's bound to the natural realm, and it craves all things natural, carnal, fleshy. And there's lusts and desires and passions that are stirred by the, the, um, the um, uh, like in James, he, 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 he said that it's demonic. Why, why is the demonic also involved in this natural, fleshy, carnal, lustful reality? It's because they've also been bound. Come on, he's the God of this world. world. What world? The natural world. And he's the one who's manipulating all this to make it something that it's not. All this is passing away. Remember, 1 John 2 said, don't fall in love with the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the prides of life. Don't don't fall in love with this. Well, your flesh, that's all thats all it knows. That's the part of you that's not born again. Your spirit's born again, so it's got access now to a whole other dimension, a whole other way of living. The Bible calls this, um, this, 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 this kingdom out here darkness. When you were born again, we were translated spiritually. The light went off. The light came on. Now we're in the kingdom of light within, not without within, in our spirit. So the flesh part of you, it has to be crucified daily. You have to tell it, no, no, we're not doing that. I'm not doing that. I know you're craving that, but I am going to run that by the word and see if that's the truth. If it's not the truth, then I'm not going to give you permission to do it. So this, 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 this middle catalyst here is the soul. You've got to agree with either what's coming up out of your spirit, which is where the word is, where the Holy Spirit is, or you're going to agree with the lust of the flesh. And so you and I are in this battle. And this is what Paul is talking about here. He says, I find in my flesh nothing good. Now that, friends, that is powerful. Um, in the flesh, everybody's flesh, don't consult the flesh. Why? Because there's nothing good there. It's just lusts and passions and indulgences and appetites that are not enlightened. He says, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Watch this. For to will is present with me. Remember, he's not a schizo. He's just talking about the three different parts of his, his, his being. For to will is present with me in, the, in his spirit. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not, do, will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, 
It is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find, verse 21, watch this, I find then a law. All right, this is very important. He says, I find then a law that evil is present. Now, I want to take that word evil. That's a great word. I'm not arguing that word at all. But I want to put another word in, in here that I think will just help you to really grasp what is being said. So I'm going to swap the word evil with rebellion. So I find then a law that rebellion is present with me, the one who wills to do good. Verse 22, for I delight in the law or laws of God according to the inward man. Now he's talking about his born again spirit. But I see a law in my members, okay? What's he talking about there? That's, that's his body of flesh with its passions and desires and lusts. Rebellion, okay? Remember, the physical body is bound in a spiritual condition called mortality, okay? And uh, that's where that rebellion is. Uh, we're going to look at another verse here, and I'll show you why um, that your flesh is what it is. But so he's saying, I see this law that rebellion is also with me, part of my makeup. Where? Well, not in his inward man. He said in the inward man, in my spirit, in my heart. Remember, your heart is your spirit. Your spirit is your heart. We're not talking about the blood pump. We're talking about the innermost uh, part of you, the inner man. That's the spirit. He says, in my spirit or in my heart, in my born-again spirit, I delight in the law of God. Well, that's where the law of God was written is on the tablets of the born-again heart. But he says, I see a law in my members, okay, in my flesh. And he says, it's warring against the law of my mind. Oh, I love this. It wars against the law of my mind, and it brings me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. He goes on to say in verse 24, he said, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this right here? Body of, the New King James says body of death, but we could easily say this right here, this body of mortality. And he says, I thank God, verse 25, through Jesus Christ. Now, you're not delivered from the body of mortality to totally yet until the transfiguration or the resurrection. That's when we, the dead in Christ will rise first, they will change, and then those of us who are alive and remain will be caught up in the air and will be transformed. At that moment right there, the Bible talks about that. That's a future event, hasn't happened yet, but at that moment, you're gonna be caught up and you're gonna be delivered from this body of death. Right now, right now, you still have that body of death on, that tent. That's decaying. Remember that verse? It says, though the outward man perisheth, the inward man is being renewed day by day. All right. Now, what is Paul saying? He says, number one, I have this body, and this body is tethered to this natural world. Now, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and um, I'll show you this while I'm talking about Romans 7. So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 14 here in just a second. But So Paul says, I'm in this body. Peter called it a tent. This body 
is tethered, trapped, bound to a spiritual law, a condition called mortality. Paul said this body of death. But he says, I see a law, and it's it's working in my members, and it fights against the law of my mind. So what is Paul saying? He says, my born-again spirit is giving me, giving me, giving me revelation knowledge. Out of my spirit will flow. Remember in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, you have an anointing from the Holy One who dwells within, and you know all things. It goes on a few verses after that, and it says that that anointing, that unction, because the Holy Ghost dwells within, is going to teach you all things. So what happens when you get born again is you delight in the things of God. You're alive unto God. Ephesians 4 says that uh, Christ has become your, your teacher, your tutor. And that knowledge of righteousness, the knowledge of what's right, will come up into your mind. Now, on the other side of that, though, is this body of flesh. And it sees things, and it hears things, and it smells things, and it tastes things, and it touches things, and it wants things. It wants, and it lusts. And it also is lighting up on your mind. Your flesh is trying to give, uh, is trying to talk you into letting it do things. The mind is the command and control center. And the only part of you that issues the order to act and to obey and to do and to say comes out of the mind. So your spirit is saying, hey, this is right. This is truth. Walk ye in it. But then your flesh is saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, I want to do this. Give me the command to do it. This is the law of the mind that Paul's talking about here. And he says, this is how I find myself doing things that I really don't want to do. Well, that just means that out of your spirit was the knowledge of the right thing to do. But if you don't agree with it, you won't do it. Instead, your flesh, which is contrary, it wanted to do, 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 do this over here, and you agreed with that, and then you found out how stupid that was, and so now you're in this mess going, I just did the thing I didn't want to do. <laughs> and no, you're not a schizophrenic. <laughs> no, you don't have a multiple personality disorder. Hallelujah. Those, those people right there, those are demons talking to them. But um, you and I wrestle in this place right here. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at this in verse 14. He says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. All right, now Paul is writing here, he's saying, the natural part of you. Now, he's writing to born-again believers here, so he's not talking about the uh, unregenerate man. Okay, He's actually talking to a born-again person, so he's making the distinction. He said there's the, the real you, that's the spirit on the inside. Then there's the natural man. That's what everybody else sees. That's the body of flesh. He says that natural man can't receive spiritual things. See, remember, it's bound 
in a condition, a spiritual condition called mortality unto death of decay. The, uh, he said that part of you doesn't receive spiritual things. So when God talks to you, he doesn't talk to your body. When God talks to you, he doesn't talk to your ear. <laughs> Remember, it says those who are pure in heart shall see God. When God wants to communicate to you, he doesn't, he doesn't go to the tent. He said uh, that uh, when you become born again, he was talking about the fact that now we're spiritually alive. Remember, and Paul talked about that, well, God is spirit. And in order to worship him, you must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when you put all these things together, we find out that God doesn't talk to your natural ear. God doesn't talk to your flesh ear. He talks to your heart. Proverbs says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. When God wants to illuminate, enlighten, when he wants to communicate with you, he communicates to your spirit. He doesn't talk to your natural ear. He speaks into your spirit man. Your spirit man, though, will light upon your mind and give command to act in accordance with the word of God. Now, it says that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Him who? Well, him, the natural man, the tent part of you, the temporary housing part of you. You understand how God isn't interacting or communicating with your tent? That tent is of decay. And there's a promise, though, that we're going to take off that tent. We're going to kick that thing off, and we're going to take on a body likened unto his. Now, at that point, you won't have that Romans 7 scenario. When you get a new body, it won't be contrary to spiritual things. It will be able then to understand spiritual realities unlike the one you got now. The one you have now wants to do wrong. The one you have now, um, let, me, let me say it like this. The one you have now, it's not necessarily that it wants to do wrong. But the body of flesh you have now is not capable of being enlightened of a different way. Does that make sense? Your body only knows the natural. See where it says that the things of the spirit are foolishness to him, him who? Him, the natural man, the flesh part of you, the natural part of you. The word foolish there means uh uh, no, um, let me see. I'm, I, I don't have my notes in front of me, but uh, it, 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 the, 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 <laughs> Shunda, I'm at the praying tongues. The word foolishness here means that the natural part of you does not have the capacity or the mental capacity of understanding. It's foolish. Spiritual things are foolish to the flesh because the flesh doesn't have the capacity or the mental faculties to comprehend spiritual things. What part of you does? Your spirit does. So God talks to your spirit, not to your flesh. It'd be like me talking to this chair. That chair does not have the, the wherewithal to comprehend or to receive spiritual things. Your spirit does. Therefore, God communicates to you via your spirit. He doesn't talk to your natural ear. He doesn't talk to that flesh thing hanging off the side of your head. Now, in the natural, that's how you hear natural things. But in your spirit, that's how you hear spiritual things. He goes on to say, he says, spiritual things are foolish to the flesh. 
nor can he, he who, he your natural man, your tent, nor can he know spiritual things because they're spiritually discerned. Now the word discern literally means to see and to hear. So spiritual things have to be heard and seen via the spirit, the spirit part of you, not the natural part of you. All right, so again, let's go back to this thought here uh, in Romans 7. So Paul sees a law, and it's, and it's thrown him into a war. Okay, now I don't want to make that more than what it is, but he said it's warring against me. He says the law of my mind and the law of sin in my members. Um, in the spirit where God dwells, God says this is right walk ye in it. The flesh can't comprehend that. So it's easily manipulated by the impulses out here in the natural realm. Again, let me rephrase something here or say it again. It's not that your flesh, um, well, because it kind of is. Well, let me say what I'm thinking and y'all help me here, okay? (laughs) Um, Your flesh is going to die, okay, because uh, it got tainted. It has fallen, okay? There's a condition associated with it called death. Now, what I was thinking was it's not that your flesh is hell-bent, even though it is, but it's hell-bent because it does not have within it the wherewithal to have a renewal, Uh it doesn't have the faculty into which God could cause it to be born again. Your spirit does. This is why you're going to put off this tent and you're going to put on another, another body. This tent is so damaged and broken, uh, God's going to give you a building to replace it. That's, that's what he's been working on. That's how the Bible phrases it. This physical body we have now is more like a tent, and the one that he's going to give us at the transfiguration at the resurrection is a building this body the reason why it's problematic is because it cannot perceive it cannot see it cannot touch it cannot smell spiritual realities it only knows the lust of the flesh and because of that it is easily manipulated by the enemy So the Bible says right now, because it is not capable of spiritual things, you've got to put it under. You've got to dominate it because it's going to give you the wrong ideas. It's going to suggest the wrong things. Now, I'm trying to say that it's not, it's not that it's not that it 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 it, it um, wouldn't want to be redeemed or delivered or whatever, but it doesn't have the wherewithal for that. But your spirit does. All right, now go to um, Galatians. So, in effect, if it's not capable of being enlightened then it's going to just do what it knows to do, and that's just indulge in the lusts of the flesh. And in James, James brings us this idea 
that all that sensual, that sensuality, sense, it's all sense, sense, five senses, natural. It, 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 and, and it's pulling on the flesh constantly. And because your flesh cannot consider anything else, it'll indulge in it. And the only redeeming uh, element here is the light now or the law of God that's written in your spirit that's lighting up on your mind and your mind coming into agreement with God that it's true and giving the command for your body to obey. If it was not for your spirit, all your mind would have to agree with is the impulse of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And uh, you'll see here the works of the flesh, fruits of the spirit, or the, yeah, the works of the flesh, the fruit of the spirit. But right here is this one verse in uh, Galatians 5 verse 16. He says, I say then, walk in the spirit. Now the King James has a capital S. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to suggest that that's not a capital S because he's not comparing the person of Holy Spirit with your flesh. He's comparing your born-again spirit with your flesh. Okay, remember Paul in Romans 7, there's a law here. It has to do with sin in your members, in the flesh where nothing good dwells, and then the law of the mind, which is the mediator between the natural and the spirit, and then the law of God that you're delighting in, in the inner man, and it's and you have to make a decision you have to agree with something galatians 5:16 says if you'll walk according to your spirit that's where the truth is that's where you're one with god that's where you're righteous that's that's where the knowledge of all things comes up out of he said if you'll agree with that and uh disagree with the impulse of your flesh he says you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh your flesh what does it do? It lusts against. It fights against. It disagrees with the things of the Spirit. Why? Because the things of the Spirit are foolish to him. He doesn't have the faculties to comprehend spiritual things. So no wonder it's foolish. All that seems outrageous. None of that is sensible. None, none of that is sensible. I can't sense that in any way, shape, form, or, or capacity. I don't have a mind for that. Like, mind blown okay i mean like that's that's what your flesh is saying you're 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 talking to me spiritual things that's nonsense it's nonsensical to me i there's no way i can touch it i can't see it i can't uh, you know the flesh it's like it it, it can't participate in that because all it knows is natural so he says your spirit lusts or fights against or wars or is contrary to your flesh. Notice it says these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. This is the same language Paul was using in Romans 7. Let me um, say it like, like this. Let's say God says, I want you to go over there and give that person $20. You say, hey, flesh, what do you think about that? Because your flesh has no faculty for comprehension of that spiritual uh, request or command that came out of your spirit. Your flesh is going to go, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. It cannot even consider. It cannot even perceive it. It cannot even, uh, um, it, it, it can't see it. It can't touch it. It can't taste it. It doesn't understand it. It doesn't want to do it. It will fight you. 
And this is what he's saying. If you give into that, if you agree with your flesh that, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm too tired to do that. Or, yeah, I don't have enough money to do that. Your flesh will never agree with God. It will always contradict it. It will always pull in the opposite direction because God is spirit. Your flesh is carnal, natural, natural. It will only want to go natural. But your spirit says, no, you know, from within, give that person $20. Well, flesh, what do you think? It will never agree. If you ask yourself, do I want to get up early and pray? Your flesh will say, no, I don't. If you want to stay up late, read your Bible, your flesh will go, no, I'm tired. If you say, hey, do you feel like going to church tonight? Your flesh will go, no, we don't. It will never agree with spiritual things. So Paul said, this is the law, the law of the mind. Now the Bible, and I'm going to have to close here because I'm out of time, but, but we started in Romans chapter 12. We started here last week, Romans 12, verse 2. If you want to get over into that transformed um, reality, if you want to get over to that transformed life where you're proving God and his perfect will, friends, you've got to renew your mind. You have to start agreeing with what's coming up out of your spirit. If you agree with the flesh, and because the flesh is contrary to the, to the spirit, your agreement with the flesh disallows spiritual things. Your agreement with spiritual things resists or will uh, block out or contradict fleshly things. And when you agree with one or the other, you give the command to obey. This is why the devil is after your mind. He doesn't have access to you except through agreement. And I'm telling you, though, he can make it tough, man. He can play on this natural realm, and your flesh just starts craving, oh, craving that sin. Your flesh will crave these natural things, and the devil can play on it, play on it. He can manipulate it and make it look really enticing. But, friends, you have to say no to it and yes to God. No to the flesh, yes to the spirit. Hallelujah. I hope you got something out out of that. I believe you did. You may have to sit there and meditate that and ponder that. It took me a little bit of time to see the whole progression of revelation Paul brought to us about the reality of how do we get over into that transformed life. That's why he said you got to renew your mind. That's, that's where the battle is. If you don't renew your mind, you're not going to be able to prove God. Hallelujah. And I know you want to. All right, friends. Well, we'll pick this, uh, pick this up again in another podcast. But uh, until then, if you need some prayer, you can call our ministry offices, 870-741-9099. Leave a message and a prayer partner will respond with you. Or you can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash prayer. Fill out the prayer form there. And again, one of our prayer partners will follow up with you. Hey, this has been awesome. I'm so glad you joined me today. This is the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed, my friends.